Welcome to the 97th episode of the Young Terps Podcast from the Viner Forgate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we're talking about Maryland's awful loss to Penn State and, of course, all of your non-rev news. And before we get into all that, this podcast is brought to you by Ally Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Terp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV, contact Allied today for a free, no-obligation quote at 301-986-0067 or visit them at AlliedPartyRentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. Right. Well, to kick things off on our report today, we have a slight change. Maryland men's soccer takes the top spot as they have announced their spring schedule. Their first opponent will be on Sunday, March 3rd at noon. That'll be West Virginia. Then at the end of March, they will travel to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania to face the Bethlehem Steel FC, who is the farm team for the Philadelphia United, the MLS club. They will then face D.C. United's affiliate, the Loudoun United, at home on April 7th, then travel back to Beth, or actually play Bethlehem at home at the end of April, and then finish it out in May with a road game at West Point. So they get some early work in, kind of like fall ball and lacrosse or um, the summer tournaments in basketball. Just uh, some quick games to see where they are looking for next year. Uh, let's move Back onto our usual top spot, which is the Maryland women's basketball team, who won a nail-biter against Purdue on the road, 58-55. Kayla Charles was once again the best player on the court with 20 points and 13 rebounds for Maryland. Stephanie Jones, who also performed pretty well with 16 points in only 20 minutes. And this victory gives Maryland part of the Big Ten title for their fourth. For four out of the five years they've been in the Big Ten, and they will take on Illinois this Saturday at 2 at the Xfinity Center for Senior Day. And that's going to be a wrap for the regular season in women's basketball. Yeah, that really blew by. That was like this season. Um, moving right along, wrestling will compete in the National Collegiate Open on Friday, uh, March 3rd. That will be the final match of the season for Big Ten, um, cha- Big Ten Championship weekend. Um, it still feels like wrestling's coaches be fired. I think so. I think it's what you got to do if you're Maryland Athletics and Damon Evans at this point. They're not recruiting well. They're not playing well. They're not. Co- they're not just. They're just not doing much well. And I think they've only won. I think now two matches on the year, but still, that's not where you need to be. You're in the top conference of the league. Go out, get yourself a top tier coach, and build like volleyball did from the bottom up. Volleyball was at rock bottom at one point. And they've gotten back to the point where they're pushing for NCAA tournament bids. Wrestling can be in that same place. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, gymnastics will compete at George Washington and BYU tomorrow. Tennis will play a home match with William & Mary tomorrow as well in College Park. Um, softball starts the Carolina Classic in Chapel Hill tomorrow. Uh, they'll play GW, FAU, UNC, and UNC Greensboro over the course of the weekend. Should uh, be a pretty good measuring stick for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, definitely some good opponents there for softball. 
Uh, baseball beat VCU for, I think that's for the second time this season, Tuesday, 4-3. to three. They will travel down to the Bayou for a three-game series against Louisiana Lafayette starting tomorrow. Freshman Maxwell Coates won the Big Ten Player of the Week and Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Women's lacrosse dominated UMBC yesterday with an 18-1 to win. And they will take on Hofstra out on Long Island on Saturday. The number two men's lacrosse team will travel to South Bend for a matchup with the number 17 Notre Dame Fighting Irish on ESPNU on Sunday. And, um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for the non-rev report today, but we got some other news. Yep, uh, just some loose ends here. All three of Maryland's 2019 basketball commits won a high school title this year. Granted, that's not that big a deal because there's only three of them and two of them play in the same team. Yeah, and you're, of course, talking about the Mitchell Twins, who both play for, I think it's Wilson and D.C. Yep. Uh, here's a cool one. On Sunday evening, the Jordan McNair Foundation held a fundraiser at the Chipotle in College Park. The line was out the door with the athletes and athletic staff, and Michael Oxley paid the first $790 in purchases. Of course, Jordan McNair were 79 so that is a significant number. Yeah, that's great to see. Um, in kind of bizarre news, Former Maryland basketball players Jalen Jalen Brantley and Jared Nickens are suing Epic Games, the company who produces the extremely popular Fortnite, over the use of the Running Man dance. Now this sounds a bit weird, but um, we'll pull you. Well, there's there's more, Jordan. There's more. Oh, there is. Fortnite was created by a guy, or partially created by a game guy. Epic Games was founded by, and guess where he went to college? Maryland. Yep. Really? He never got a degree. He never got a degree from Maryland. He was a credit short from getting the degree from Maryland. Well, um, anyway, we'll Terps give you a quick... suing Terps, fearless ideas. <laughs> I'll give you a quick uh, history here. Um, so Jared Dickens, Jalen Brantley, start kind of helped start this Running Man challenge that was a thing in like 2016, where um, people would post videos themselves doing the Running Man dance in public places. It was. It's pretty standard for internet fare, but recently several people, mostly artists, have started suing Fortnite for the use of their dances in the games. And I believe they've all lost. They have all lost because you can't – anyone could have told you this before you sued them, but you can't patent a dance. That's that's, um, freedom of expression. That's the same reason you can cover songs without being sued. So they're not going to win. I don't really know the point of this at this point, but it's news, so we're covering it. Yeah, um, I don't know. They just kind of add to the list of people that are doing that. Uh, yeah, one more. Anything with Fortnite, you know they've been sued like 20 times now. Yeah. Uh, one more thing here. It, Maryland football is set to start spring practice on March 26th with the spring game returning to Maryland Day, thank God, on uh, April 27th. Also, April 27th will be the day that both the men's, I think it's both the men's and the women's team will also take on Johns Hopkins at Capital One Field at Maryland Stadium. So there you go. This is what they should have done in the first place. Why Maryland Hopkins is a Maryland bigger game? draw than the Maryland Spring football game. But why did they ever take the football game off of Maryland Day in the first place? They just, they needed to do something. Why? I mean, I'm not talking about moving it off of Maryland Day. I'm talking about either putting the game on Maryland Day, putting it with Maryland Hopkins, putting it with something 
that gives you a reason to be there. Why would they take off Maryland Day in the first place, though? I still don't understand. Because they tried the Friday Night Lights thing, and then uh, I really, honestly, I don't know. But Maryland Day has only grown in popularity since the spring game moved off of it. Obviously, that was always a big, fun day out on campus was Maryland Day with the spring football game. Really, I mean, it brought people into the stadium. It was fun. Like, people would go see that football game, but now, like, what was like 500 people there last year? I don't remember if that was last year. I remember there was a year where there were about, like, you know, it was it was smaller than a little cross crowd. I mean, the weather was really crappy, and there was just, yeah, there were some bad years out there. I don't understand why spring football is really popular in the first place, to be honest. It never interests me, but, like, Tennessee and Ohio State, like, sell out, you know, their entire state for it, so someone's got to like it. Yeah, well... I mean, thank God that it's back. That that's a Michael Oxley move. That's a build the Maryland community move. There's there's almost it might be one of the few things on any of these that I can say there is no negative reason that I can come up with about why that game should not be on Maryland Day. From an no, athletics perspective, it's later in the in spring football too. By April, late April, it should be sunny and warm. Should be a lot of kids out for Maryland Day. It, sh- it should be a good event. There's, there's an old there's line tailgate out there on uh, spring football. They got it all going on. It's, it's, it looks like they can't mess us up. Let's see, though. Oh, Jordan, why'd you say that? Now now they'll mess it up. On to, um, don't want to give it a bad name. Let's move on to Maryland just getting steamrolled on the road against Penn State. Yeah, I'll start off with... Something that I'm sure a lot of you have faced. I was out last night uh, getting myself together for the upcoming lacrosse season. And I looked down on my phone. And it's like 625 and I'm still at the lacrosse store. And I was like, huh, the Maryland game's on in five minutes. I wasn't like scrambling to leave or anything. Of course, I tuned into Johnny and... Chris on the radio, but the 6.30 start, start finally got, it finally got me, Jordan. Well, I um got in a fender bender right before the game started, and I was like mildly aware because I was thinking when I was going home, like, I need to get home for the game, but that wasn't the reason I got in the accident, but I somehow still made it home in time, and I was like kind of dazed, but I was like, I guess I'll turn on the game, it should be an easy one to watch, and it was the other direction. It was an easy one to turn off. There were times in the during this game, and I'm one of those people that usually watches these brutal games. I just couldn't. I just couldn't watch it. Yeah, Maryland I, I, was finally playing to the point where it was almost okay to just change the channel. Like there was just there was nothing to watch and of course as always whether it was when Maryland used to play at like nine and our parents would tell us to go to bed and I would take out my phone and watch the game just because I couldn't not like just couldn't not watch the game of course I flipped it back and saw when they got it down to 14 then sticks made a few bad plays and then suddenly it was back up to you know up by 18 19 20 and the game was just over but this game just it was hard to watch. It just, okay, it just wasn't good. What happened here? Because for me, I was 
doing I was dealing with the fallout of my uh, car stuff afterwards. So I wasn't watching full attention, but here's what seemed like it happened to me. Maryland got flashbanged out of the gate. They were like down twelve to two within the first few minutes of the game. And for me that was like, okay, this happened before. Yep. We'll call or come back in. And then it was like twenty to four, and I was like, "Yeah, this ain't looking too good, but we'll, we'll at least make it. We'll get back in it. We're a talented team." But then it just it never got closer. Like it, they got out to like a sixteen or eighteen point lead, and we ne- really never made a big surge back. I don't even know what to say. It's like we got hit in the head and just didn't get back up. Yeah, um, I am one of the guys that says. And as you all know, I've said it the back, I think, almost every time for the past four or five episodes that this show's been on. When they start out in the tournament, on the road, wherever you want to say, that's not Xfinity Center, poorly, they will get beat. This game was a prime example of that. You're right. I'm listening to the radio, and it gets to, like, whatever, 12 to 4, 12 to 2, and, of course, it gets pushed, and then I finally got home and turned the game on. I was still thinking Maryland's going to make a push. They're winning this game. Penn State's just, they're just not that good. I mean, they're a pretty good team given their past you know, four or five games, but they're not beating Maryland. Maryland's a run team. They'll pick it up in the second half, even if they just – and this is my main point that I'm getting to – if they can just keep it to 16, to, you know, between 18 and 12 points, they'll be fine. But nope, when they were down by 22 at the half, I thought they're going to make a push, but 22 is too much on the road. It's just not happening. Yeah, I remember at some point, either I called you or you called me in the second half, and I was about to turn the game off, and I was, I, we were talking about the car accident, but like we got to, back to the game, and... Um, I remember you said like they'll, they'll come back, and I was like Mason, they're not gonna come back. It's like twenty, they're down at like twenty-four, and you said no, they're not. And you looked at your phone, you're like oh my god, they're down by twenty-four. Like it just no. I actually can... looked at the TV. I didn't think they were down by twenty-four. I thought they were down by fourteen, and I thought they were making a push. That was a bad moment. That was a bad moment when I got the score wrong, and I thought they were coming back, but instead they were down by twenty-four. That was that was a pretty bad moment. All right, I guess I guess let's go over the roster here. Though I don't know how much we can really say. I mean, there's a lot to be given by these stats. I mean, if you start off with Bruno Fernando, 27 minutes, three for six, not enough shots taken. Penn State did a great job of locking down the post. Only eight rebounds. Of course, that you know the two assists, the block, three fouls, nine points. Uh, I'll have something about Bruno after we get through the Maryland stats that I thought was a little bit ridiculous. Uh, Jalen Smith, 4 for 11, 1 for 2 from 3, 6 total rebounds, a block, a turnover, the 2 fouls, the 9 points. Jordan, I don't know if you remember the sequence. Maryland got it down to 14, and Jalen Smith got an offensive rebound off a free throw, turned the ball over. Got beat back down the court when a Penn State player missed a layup. The ball went right over his hands. It got tipped in. And then he got a foul. A shooting foul when the play came back going the other way. 
He turned it over, got a foul. I mean, got rebounded over, and then fouled. I don't remember that exactly. I just, I, if he gets that rebound, you're down 14. You score. You still got it rolling. You're forcing some turnovers. You know, you're knocking the ball out of bounds on inbounds passes. You're doing the right thing, and then that sequence happened. And immediately, you you know, you might have been down 14. It might have been out of reach or whatever. But then you're back down 18. You had the point where you could have pushed this game to, you know, you lose by six or seven. And sure, everybody that watched the game will think that you shouldn't have lost. I mean, or you should have lost by more. My mistake. But then the people on these committees and whatever, they'll look at the game and they say, oh, they lost by six. That was the same score. You know, that was the same ballpark that Michigan lost to Penn State. Penn State had a few good wins at home. But instead, you're in the position where you lose the game by 17 points, and then it's a blowout. Yeah, Sticks had a rough day, but no one had a good day, so I don't feel like harping on him too much. I will say that something that I forgot to mention earlier that I wanted to hit on. I remember what I said a couple episodes ago for all the consistent listeners out there and you, Mason. Remember what I said that 22 is about right for Maryland? Yes, Jordan, I remember when you said that. That's what I kind of thought of when we lost this game because we're just not number 17. I think I still think we're going to beat Michigan next time and we're going to fall back to 20 or something because I think they're not falling back if they beat Michigan. Yeah, I don't know. You lost to Penn State by 17. I just they're not. Let's see how Michigan does tonight. All right. All right. Let's let's get through the rest of these stats because, again, there's really there's not much to talk about here. Eric Ayala, three for seven. 0 for 4 from 3, uh, 6 points, 3 boards. Daryl Morsell, 1 for 5, 0 for 2 from 3. Hits 4 three thro- free throws, 6 points, 4 boards. Uh, Anthony Cowan, 6 for 11, 0 for 4 from 3. 3 for 4 from the line, he led the Terps in scoring with 15. He did not. He actually did not get an assist in this game, which I found to be very... Um, Surprising, he had five turnovers to go along with those 15 points. And then you get to the bench, and Turgeon benched all the starters at a point in this game, which we'll talk about in a minute here. Let's talk about some of these bench guys, starting off with Joshua Tomajic, who in five minutes went 0 for 1 and got a rebound. Ricky Lindo, nine minutes, did not shoot the ball, got a rebound. Sorrell Smith, in 17 minutes after the... What did you call it, Jordan? What did you say Sorrell did? He took the next step? Is that what you said? Yeah, that is what I said. He kind of fell back to his normal five points in 17 minutes. Aaron Wiggins gives the Terps 5 for 11 shooting, 0 for 4 from 3. 11 points, 5 boards, 2 assists. You know, from Wiggins, I thought this was a pretty standard game. Wiggins was maybe the only player that played okay in this game. You could argue Callan did his best, but he... You really just need to make a three. You need them to do something. Yeah, and the last guy is Reese Moda, one of my favorites, in two minutes, did not record a stat. There's one thing that I skipped with most of these guys that I'll swing back around to. Fernando, five turnovers. Smith, a turnover. Eric Ayello, one of the, I think... Um, he's the only starter. Yeah, he's That's the only right. starter that didn't get a turnover. Uh, Morcel, four turnovers. Cowan, five. Go to the bench. You only get one turnover of the bench guys, which is Ricky Lindo, 
who turned the ball over, amounting to 17 turnovers for Maryland compared to only 10 for Penn State. The other big stat off the bottom line is 2 for 19 from deep for Maryland, which is 10%. Yeah, that I just don't know how you go that cold from three. We're a pretty good shooting team, but not today. The only player I really want to highlight here is Anthony Callen because he did – it was one of those performances where it's hard to fault him because he did at least okay. But at the same time, I really just – we needed Anthony Callum to do something spectacular in this game. Yeah, when talking with Wayne uh, earlier today about this, he kind of said that Maryland doesn't have a guy who can stand up and shoot over people, just will shoot you into a win in a game where you're slumping like this. I agree with him. There's no Kevin Herter, a guy who can stand out there and, you know, knock down 12 points of threes or Gravis Vasquez or, you know, even a guy like R.J. Barrett, if you saw Duke and their loss to Virginia Tech the other night, who just can keep their team in the game with just their points. Shoots over anybody, makes runners, shoots it from every angle, way, knocks down threes, does it all, scoring-wise. Now, some people might say that Anthony Cowan is that guy, but at the end of the day, how can a 5-whatever Cowan is? I mean, honestly, I don't think he's 5'10". How can that guy be that player? The answer is really he can't. He can't shoot over everybody. He can't do all those things. Plus, he's the point guard. At the end of the day, when you look at this team, you're going to say they don't have that do-it-all college basketball player. The game and can really keep the team in the game by doing everything. Maryland just doesn't have that guy. Maybe Wiggins, but it's not going to happen this year. Well, Wiggins isn't a creator, though. He's still someone who needs to be set up to score most of the time. Yeah, but I'm saying in the future. I can see Wiggins being that guy. In the future, when he learns to dribble in the middle of the court, yes. Um, I guess we can talk about Penn State's ludicrous shooting night for some of their players. Yeah, and Um, some of these guys, I mean... I didn't mean to cut you off there, Jordan, but some of these guys never score. I no, mean, re- when you look at it, it was dread. I mean, we talked about two guys for Penn State, which was Stevens, who had their best night, and Mike Watkins, who didn't even start the game. They had they had um, this guy, Mirion Jones, a freshman from Alabama, who scored three points a game. And he dropped, what was it, 10 points on us in eight minutes? That he was huge in the first half. Uh, the, yeah, this red guy averages nine points a game for seventeen. And Lamar Stevens, who you know we highlighted as like their guy, but didn't think he'd break out like this. He shot above his weight too. He gets eight, nineteen points a game. Got twenty four. And I think I, I don't know what to say about this one. It we never got into the game. Our flow is off the entire time. There's just. There's nothing to say about this. Yeah, and when you try and place blame, obviously part of it has to fall on the coaching. They weren't ready to go. And then his post-game comments. The same as usual. We're a young team. Penn State was terrific. We're on the road in a tough league. Well, all those statements might be true. I am tired of them. 
the other team, when someone beats you, they do not have to be terrific. I know that's just what Coach Turgeon says, just in general. Just what he says. He always says, you know, if the Maryland player has a good night, he was terrific. If the player or the other team has a good night, they were terrific. That's just what he says. Okay, but there is one thing that you're missing from his press conference that I thought was important, which is he said that at about the 10-minute mark in the first half, you knew you weren't. we weren't us tonight, there was no fight, and that was disappointing. That is true, and that is different than usual. I mean, at least he benched the guys. They yeah, don't want to play hard, take him out. I, I just uh, don't understand how... You know, I'll, I'll restart that. When coaches, and I know Mark Turgeon is one of these guys, does not like to look at what the team, what people write about them in the paper or say about them online... If I were a coach, as annoying as it might be, I would always look at that. So you can see, you know what? People think this is a trap game. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna use that to motivate my guys. Everyone thinks you're gonna lose this game. It's a trap game. You know, they're they're counting on you to lose. Where is that? Where is the fight that when people honestly, I feel like I talked to more people that thought they were gonna lose this game than thought they were gonna win. Where is that? Where is that push to tell your guys that no one thinks you're hooey and everybody, you know, thinks you're still going to lose? doesn't matter what your ranking is. They think you're going to lose because that's what's expected of you. You're expected to lose this game. All right. Let's wrap this up. There's nothing else to say here. I think we've said it all. Um, Before we talk about Michigan next, there's one more thing that we need to say which is something that somehow got completely under the radar. We did not lose any ground in the Big Ten standings from this game because Wisconsin lost to Indiana. So we are still a full game ahead of them in the Big Ten standings, which means we're still in the double bye right now. If we can win out, we're still in. So I got a funny story for that to to brighten this up. I'm talking on the phone today with Bruce. And he goes, you know what, Mason? The worst part of it is, is Wisconsin lost to Indiana. The worst part? The wor- And then I go like, what? The worst part? At least they're not lo- I mean, at least they're still up on Wisconsin by half game. Yeah, uh, I don't know what you're saying there. Although technically, Wisconsin has one more game on their schedule than us, so... We need to win out because they. they There's two games left. You're acting. You're acting like they need to win four or five. You got two games left. Both of them are your home court. And honestly, I expect you to win both of them. I still expect them to win both of them too. And I think this is a good segue as any talk about Michigan. Yeah, there's one thing that I'd like to start off um, with is the return of ridiculously expensive tickets uh, to a Maryland basketball game is what you will see if you want to go to the game on Sunday. The get-in price right now on StubHub is around $165. And I just got to say, even though Maryland lost that game to Penn State, I'm still really hyped for this game, the 345 game, the Sunday. It should be packed. It is already sold out. Um, Just going to be a great environment. And I know I said that in the last podcast, but just, just going to be a place to be on Sunday afternoon. 
I'll be honest, my um my hype for this game has taken a severe hit due to the loss against Penn State because I mean uh, it just kind of sucks. It does. Uh, it does suck. But hey, we're here. We lost that game. Let's move on. I know I just went on a rant about what they should have done, but that stuff all needed to be done before the game. Now, now we're here. You're in a place where, sure, you had a great opportunity. Wisconsin lost to an Indiana team that they probably shouldn't have lost to. And you had a great opportunity to take control and really even push Michigan. Push to that third spot. But you didn't. It didn't happen. It didn't work out that way. Whatever you want to say. Put it behind you. Move on. Whatever. You got a game that you're, you came to Maryland to play. That That's my speech from the coach. You came here to play in this game in front of this environment. Go out there. Leave it on the court. But you got it in the back of your mind. This is a pretty important game. Yeah, and Michigan is vulnerable. That's been proven. They are 4-3 and three in their last seven games. They were just outplayed by Michigan State last time they took on the floor on Sunday. I think it's fair to say we could beat these guys. We almost did last time. Yeah, of course, you're talking about the 13-point loss. That was a lot closer than that. Um, for, Mi- for Michigan, of course, you got guys like Teske, who neither of us like. Bristakas, I don't really like him. Um, but my favorite guy on Michigan, and I do like Michigan just in general, but I'm talking about basketball, not football. I'm not a huge hardball guy, but I do like Beeline and those guys. It's Charles Matthews. I mean, we all saw this guy in their run in the NCAAs last year. He's been playing great this entire season. I'm still not sure if you're in Maryland, if you really want to go with Jalen Smith and Bruno Fernando. I think you stick with one of those guys in this game. I just I see Maryland having to do something that they usually don't do to really succeed in this game, which might be rotate between Bruno and Jalen Smith. Don't play them both together. That is an interesting idea, and it might suit Michigan's Fast and Furious play style better. It's it's hard to point out what we did wrong last time. Actually, it's really not. The thing we did wrong last time was we just couldn't make a shot in the first half. And the well, the first thing, half of that game was just pathetic for both teams. True, true enough. The other thing you can do is have Eric Ayala not go 0 for 7 and have Anthony Cowan not go 4 for 12. If one of those guys plays with their average, you'd probably win that game. And if Anthony Cowan makes that layup, I'm sure you must just remember, we probably won that game. Yeah, really, there's, I mean, there is a lot to talk about, but we've all seen Maryland and Michigan take to the floor again. The things you got to talk about are, are really for Maryland how it almost seems like and Jordan you can dispute me on this this is one I mean we're coming up against the clock here I almost see these games and now think if Jalen Smith plays okay Maryland wins if Jalen Smith plays games where he goes I don't know two for seven turns the ball over, gets stupid fouls, gets rebounded over, Maryland loses. Jalen Smith, I think, is actually the X factor. If he plays well, I feel like the other guys feed off of it and they all play well. And if he's bad, it means that everyone else is also not playing well. I don't disagree with you. I think we've seen... I don't know what happened to Jalen Smith. We've talked about this before, so I'll keep this brief. But he's not the same player he was. He really has having a problem with something. And if, yeah, if he can play this average, the team's a lot better. 
I would say he is the X factor. He's a huge swing on how he plays and how the team plays around him. Mason, I know you're jacked to head out to College Park on is it Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, three forty-five. What's your prediction for the for the game? Well, I actually got one more thing on sticks. All right. One last thing. If I am Mark Turgeon at this point, and I know that he won't do it, there's a ton of reasons why he won't do it. If Sticks is playing bad at this point, do I bench him? He just he's just not the way that he was playing. Maybe not in this game. We've all seen it. I I don't get how he's a positive. Almost Ricky Lindo not doing anything and playing hard on defense and rebounding well is better than Jalen Smith. I, I I understand what you're saying, but that that would convey a very bad message to the team. I think because. It's not knocking Ricky Lindo. It's just if you play Ricky Lindo, you're not get you can't start Darren Morrison on Ricky Lindo. You just can't have that much that much of an offensive black hole on your roster. So I understand what you're saying, and if we had a viral replacement, I think maybe you do. But you just you can't you don't have the production to replace it. At least you know Smith can score if you're a defense. Ricky Lindo has just not shown enough to make that viable. All right. Well. There are definitely options. I mean, there are a lot of guys on this team. Hopefully, Sticks will pick it back up. If he does, Maryland's poised for a deep run in the tournament. Well, if you really wanted to do this, Mason, I think the way it would be you'd move Darren Morso to the four and put Aaron Wiggins at small forward. That could work if you absolutely had to. All right, and before Jordan and I wrap this up and give our predictions, this podcast has also been brought to you by Maryland Euro Cars. If you're looking for someone to work on your European car, look no further than Maryland Euro Cars. We have a few Audis in the family and some BMWs at the office, and we take our cars to Christian at Maryland Euro Cars. Christian and his team know the way around Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, Bentleys, VWs, and many more makes. Always friendly, courteous, and honest, along with being an extra clean shop. Maryland Euro Cars is the best place to take your prized automobile, and they are the most reasonably priced shop in town. Located in Rockville, you can reach Maryland Euro Cars at 301-217-5831. Ask for Christian at 301-217-5831 and tell them that the Young Terps sent you. Jordan, I'm going to take Maryland. I think the Terps get it going and roll over Michigan. I'm going to take Maryland 75-66. to 75-66, okay. Um, I'm going to say this is going to be a nail-biter. I think we're going to see a late Terps comeback. And I think we're going to see finally see Anthony Cowan's 30-point game. I'm going to go... Maryland, 78, Michigan, 75. And one more thing for all you college basketball fans general out there, you may never see something like this again. Cal is 5-22, and 22, and they're playing Washington, who's 22-5 and five tonight. And I just really am interested to see how this one plays out because Cal could be the worst power six team in history this season if they lose out. Just saying. Wow, I did not know that. The Pac-12, is they're terrible. If Washington wins the Pac-12, they could have one tournament team. For real. That, that's surprising. I, I can't believe what's happened to that conference. But at least they're looking at adding lacrosse, you know. Really, I mean, that would be really interesting if they do. I know that SC has been looking at it, and I know that UCLA has been looking at it. Utah's already in. So maybe they need to shift over their main views because they're not getting it done in football. They're not getting it done in basketball. Might as well go to America's fastest-growing sport. 
We could try hockey. I know with the Seattle getting an NHL team, it might be worth a shot. Just saying. I mean, it's just not going well. I don't know what to say, but that's going to be a wrap for this episode of the Young Terps podcast. As always, we would like to thank our sponsor, Viner Forgates in Rockville. For all your business IT needs, there's only one place to go in the DMV, and that is Viner Forgates. You can reach them at 301-251-2900 or on the web at oneviner.com, the number one, viner.com. Maryland Eurocars, if you're looking for a five-star service experience with your Audi, BMW, Mercedes, Maryland Eurocars is the best place to go. You can reach Christian at Maryland Eurocars at 301-217-5831. And, of course, Ally Party Rentals. They've done them all from small luncheons and backyards just like yours to the presidential inauguration. Ally can set up the perfect party for you. You can reach them on the web at AlliedPartyRentals.com. Jordan, that's a wrap for this episode of the Young Terps. We'll be back on Sunday after the Terps hopefully take down the Michigan Wolverines. Go Terps, and hopefully we will have better news. And if we don't, I'm going to be very upset. And as always, thanks for listening.